what I like to start with is eyebrow height. So when you're looking at somebody's eyebrows, think of them like speed bumps. So if data is going to race down their head, the higher the eyebrows, it's like a speed bump in the middle of their head that the data is trying to get into their eye. Because again, that's how we take in the world at first. So when it's high like that, that means that you can go slow, go over the speed bump, and then come down. But if their eyebrow is right on top of their eye, data can race down their forehead and get taken in immediately. So if you're looking back at that couple again, the lady in the picture, her eyebrows are a little bit higher. So I know when it comes down, slow down and then give her the information. So when you meet somebody who has a higher eyebrow like that, they need time to think things over. So if you try and do a pressure close or you try and force information out of them, you're kind of violating the way that they handle things. So you may get a sale, but you'll never have a customer. All right, guys, this episode is sponsored by Orthos Footwear. Look, if you're tired of the same old shoe and soles that are too rigid or don't provide enough arch support, you've got to go check out Orthos Footwear. That's at orthos.com, O-R-T-H-O-S.com. Orthos insoles feature a premium tri-level design that provides your feet the ultimate support and energy return while aligning your feet to your body. It all starts with a solid foundation, Orthos Footwear. Brian, you're a speaker, trainer, you're the founder and CEO of Subtle Skills. You're also a facial feature analysis expert, much more, man. I'm so pumped for this show, dude. Thank you so much for taking time, man. Yeah, of course. It's great meeting you at Secret Knock. It's funny because mutual people are always like, oh, you guys need to meet. And here you are standing right next to me. Right. Oh, come on. That was so good, dude. I, I love to kick things off by going back a bit. Where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Um, so I grew up here in Dallas, Texas, actually in between Dallas and Fort Worth. I moved here when I was three. So I pretty much consider myself a Texan. I was raised by New Yorkers. So I say y'all and I talk real fast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, as I was doing research on you, like, as you were growing up, like, you purposely, you purposely sought jobs that were, like, where people would come to you, right? Like, hospitality and retail, and, and it helped with your social anxiety. Outside of those jobs, though, what did you, what else did you do to help with your anxiety? Uh, you know what? You're seeing it right behind me. So, I am an avid book lover, and if you go through this entire section is, like, body language books. This one over here is, like, books like How to Win Friends and Influence People. I always felt like, growing up, like, I missed some days in school where they taught you like social skills. You know, I grew up, I had friends and my, my family's awesome, yeah. but I always felt like an introverted extrovert where I was out, but I was stuck in the prison of my own mind, even though I was out in present somewhere. And I would go out and I always felt like I, I stood out a little bit, right? So I started picking up books on how to understand other people better. And each book helped a little bit more with that. Um, I'll cover here a little bit later, like some of the body language books that changed my life. Yeah. And, you know, so it just one of those things that I, I didn't naturally, I wasn't gregarious. Like I like to be around people and to talk around people, but I didn't feel like I belonged around people. So it took a lot of what's sitting behind me to get me to where I'm at today. Man, and you, you said a quote right there that you actually have on your website where you, you said you learned to read faces that got you out of the prison of your own mind and into that mm -hmm. present moment. What does that mean for you? Sure. So whenever I was out anywhere in public, hanging out with people, I was always having those negative thoughts in my mind. Because, oh, what are they thinking of me? What are we doing? You know, did you say something? Are you talking too fast? Are you talking too slow? Very negative voices in my head. And like I said, I don't even know where it comes from, but that's just the way that my brain worked. And so I always was present, but I couldn't enjoy the moment. And once I learned to read faces, then you're giving somebody else your time and attention. And when you focus on other people, you get out of the prison of your own mind because you're in the present moment. 
and you're trying to create a connection with somebody and people can feel it. And it really did. It just changed my entire life because I went from thinking about me to focusing on somebody else. And that's what builds rapport with people. Oh, I love that, man. It's so true that now, did you have any, like any special training or you just like okay. yourself from all those books behind you? No. Uh, so what uh, the body language was self-taught, but then I would sign up for different courses. Um, I would say I didn't really read until I got out of college. Okay. And then I ran across different books, Tony Robbins, you name it, went to a UPW event and I just kept learning. And because I started on the help desk, right? That goes back to always picking careers. People had to come to me. Um, but when I started reading, I just got more and more social skills. So then I learned how to install stuff. And then it became that I became a corporate trainer and everything else. I'm like, oh, I have to go present in front of people. So I just kept picking up more and more books to learn as I went. And uh, what we're going to talk about today was a fluke chance. I, I was invited to a dinner and <laughs> being stubborn, this girl came in town to meet me and I'm at the dinner place. And she's like, Hey, I need you to come over to this event. I'm like, no, I already sat down. I have a glass of wine. You know what? I'm just going to stay here. She's like, no, you need to come meet this guy. I'm like, whatever. So I pouted my way over there yeah. and I met my mentor, Mac Fullifer, and he immediately read my face and I was blown away because body language and a lot of these skills are good, but it wasn't a proactive skill. And I'll explain some of that here in the PowerPoint in a minute, but he immediately read my face. I'm like, how do I learn this? And he lives over in Fort Worth. So I would go twice a month. He would have these little classes and I'd go and learn. And then uh, he created a certification program and I went over there and I got certified in 2012 and it just changed my entire life. Wow, man. I mean, there's so much good stuff to cover. So I want to get right into it. But you know, sure. for those who don't know about your, your company, several skills, like what's the company? What is it that you do? Um, sure. and you got some power slides there. So we can jump into those whenever you want. Yeah. So subtle skills, I, I stalked that name for a while. And the reason why is everything I learned, you don't walk out and tell people what you're doing, but they were all little tips and tricks I learned that just helped me in life, both personally and professionally. And so when I saw that subtle skills became available, I immediately grabbed it. And like I said, with the body language books here, you don't walk into a room and say, hey, I just read a body language book and look down. Right. So it's all things that you're learning behind the scenes that make you a better person. And so that's the name for the company. And uh, the same thing with what I'm going to show you guys today on how to analyze people's faces or read faces. It's the same thing. You don't tell anybody unless you're teaching somebody about it, like I'm teaching you guys today, because, you know, people get freaked out. So I like to call it the skill of people want to lean in, but look away because they don't like the idea of what you're doing. Right. Totally. Um, you saw examples of it at Secret Knock, when, or I'm sorry, Prosperity Camp. Um, people want to come and talk to me afterwards, but they kind of keep that barrier in between themselves at the same time. So it's just a fun, fun thing. But yeah, so I started, um, sorry, I got certified back in 2012. I used it for personal and professional gain. And then in 2019, I reached back out to my mentor and I said, hey, look, I have a great corporate job. I'm a regional vice president of sales, but I'm still looking for something I'm a little more passionate about. And so I do speaking around the world now on how to teach it and how, basically how to teach other people how to build rapport with people in a whole new way. And what you'll see in a minute is what I really love about it is it was the first thing that I could do that was a proactive skill. Because now with social media and everything else, if I'm going to go meet with someone, like for example, what do I do before I was on your podcast? I watch some of your podcasts on YouTube, right? Because I want to get to know your style and everything else. It's the same thing. I can go and look at someone's face and then I can break it down and analyze it so that when I show up at events, I feel like I'm meeting up with a friend instead of a, a random stranger. So like one of the sales courses I have is called getting out of the cold. So you're not making cold calls if you look at somebody's face and you're just thinking, how should I tailor that message so it's best received by them? And that's really what the skill teaches you is if you've ever read the book, The Five Love Languages, yep. where there's the different not how you receive love and how you give love can be two totally different things. Face reading is no different because 
by focusing on what do I want to say, but it's not about me. It's about how would they best understand or receive what I want to say. And so then when you're focusing on the other person, you get out of the me and I syndrome and you're just thinking like, how can I do something for Eric? Right. And that's really what it changes the message and everything. And when you give people your time and attention, so face reading people live and you're doing it, you're focusing on them. And when you do, people feel seen and heard for the first time in a long time, mainly because of things like this lovely device here, right? Yeah. Your phones and smartwatches, like giving people time and attention is a rare thing in this day and age. So uh, with that being said, I want to teach your audience something that they can take away. So I'm going to show you my PowerPoint here. So give me one second. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Tranquil Turtle Massage. Tracy over there, the founder, she's a small town girl from Montana, loves God, loves her family, loves her friends, loves working out, fishing, and camping. She has a passion for helping those in need and enjoys being creative with woodworking, crocheting, healthy baking, pottery, and cooking. Look, she began her massage journey back in 2010 where she graduated from massage school up in Anchorage, Alaska. She specializes in her signature massages, the Hanu Infusion and the Hanu Ashiatsu, as well as the Gua Sha and Manual Lymphatic Drainage. If you're looking for a massage specialist and someone who could get you feeling good, go see Tracy down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. And while you're there, check out CDA Microblading, offering Coeur best tattoo brows, plasma fibroblast, tightening, and PMU services right there in the heart of downtown Coeur Make sure you book your appointment at pnwmobilemassage.com. It's ironic that we run into each other at an event because mutual friends were telling us to look for each other. So yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> use that. The most recent one I did was for an RV dealership on how to understand customers when they come in, right? Because RV sales are hot right now. Like they're hard to keep in stock. But really, what's everybody going to learn is how to basically change the way you interact with other people. It works for sales. Like I said, it used me for personal and professional benefits. Like when I go out to places, I'm no longer scared to walk up and talk to somebody because when I'm looking at their face the entire time, I make it about the interaction, not about me or them. So it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, what are some of the challenges? The reason I love teaching it right now is the world has changed, right? When people have masks on, we can't hear each other. People are muffled. Um, we're on Zooms here. I can't really use body language while you and I are on this podcast because I can't see your body. And, but yet I can still analyze faces. And that's the thing that I really love about it. Um, here's the crazy part that people don't realize. We're actually trained to a degree on how to read people's faces through our vocabulary. So all these phrases that are here, it's written on their face, keep your nose to the grindstone, keep a stiff upper lip, you know, take one on the chin. These are all phrases that are part of our daily language, but we don't stop to think about what they mean, but it's actually describing people's personalities and how they handle situations. So all I did was get certified to understand it to a deeper level. So I'm one of roughly hundred people that have been certified, but I'm very few in the world who actually teach it versus just use it for personal use. And kind of like I was saying, what I love about it is it's proactive. When I used to be, when I went to become a corporate trainer, I could do everything in the hotel the night before, right? Check my PowerPoint, check my computer, you name it. But people were always the unknown. I never knew what was I going to do when I walked into the room. Well, once I found out who I was going to be meeting with, I would just go and read their face. And then I would say, okay, what do I need to modify in my presentation? So for example, are they more auditory or visual? You know, are they, do they like to talk about themselves or not? So I'll get into this in a second, but it just is mind blowing about how, when you learn to change things so people can understand it better, it just, it changes the entire dynamic. So I was actually part of a team that if we had any customers over a million dollars that were going out for a bid that we had to do a demo, I was one of them that they flew out just for that very reason. So, um, 
we talked about earlier, a lot of the books I have here in body language, I always think it's important. Everybody needs to understand how to read a room. And these are two of my favorite books. So the first one, What Everybody's Saying by Joe Navarro, very picturesque book. Everybody should get it. And then You Say More Than You Think is by my friend Janine Driver. And that's more about watching my own body language. So read those two books. I think they're great. As I mentioned earlier, the problems that we have this day and age is we're doing a lot of things over the phone or if we're on Zoom, we can't see people's bodies. So it's a still a good school uh, skill that everyone should have, but it's harder to do this day and age. And here's the other thing that I really love about it. And so for people who are listening, when you're reading somebody's face, you're looking people in the eye versus body languages, you're looking down. So when you're talking to somebody, who would you rather talk to? The guy in the blue here who's looking at you in the face or the guy that's in red who's reading your body language, right? So again, I think it's important, but with body language, it's more of you kind of watch it through peripheral vision versus staring at people the whole time. <laughs> and then uh, we were talking about earlier, like some of the books I read, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Well, we used to be able to go in and look at somebody's office, right? And say, okay, show me pictures of your kids, whatever. Well, now a lot of times we meet either, even if people are going into the office, we're meeting in meeting rooms. We're not going to people's offices. You're not allowed to decorate like you could before. And the other thing is, if you ask a lot of people a lot of personal questions, this is, it feels like an interrogation. And so when you look at somebody, here's a crazy one for you. The upper lip is your personal lip, lower lip is your professional lip. So when we say keep a stiff upper lip, that means like don't share your emotions, right? So when you see someone that has a flatter upper lip, I don't immediately ask them personal questions because I know that person is a little more reserved. However, I pay attention when they start telling me personal things, I know we're, we're in rapport and then I can ask them questions. But if I immediately come out like, hey, tell me about this, tell me about that, that they feel are personal questions, they'll back away. And so it's a kind of, a, that's a, where it's the reactive skill and not just the proactive skill as well. Wow, man, this is <laughs> unbelievable. I love this stuff, man. Um, oh yeah. Big fan of this stuff, dude. This is, I'm so stoked, dude. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, I'm, and I'm gonna teach one today that I absolutely love. And you're going to see in a minute. And the reason why is because it's super effective. You can do it everywhere. And uh, I'll save it till the end. But uh, there's a particular reason I always teach eyebrows here in a second. But all you have to do when you're looking at somebody is think, who am I going to be communicating with? What do I read on their face? And then how should I modify my approach? And when you're making it about other people, again, you get out of your own way. And for me, I get out of my own head. So uh, I like to teach eyebrows or what I call just browsing, right? I like to put in sayings that people can remember. So here's two people that were coming in. Let's say they're coming in again. This was for an RV dealership, but I could do it for anything you want that they're coming in for. Let's say they're coming in to buy a house. Well, when you see the people, you may just see a, a happy couple. But what I see is just their eyebrows alone. Tell me a ton about them. So for everybody who's listening, the lady in the picture, she has very rounded eyebrows and there's a little bit of height difference between her eyebrow and her eye. And then the gentleman in the picture, he has a very straight eyebrow and it's very close to his eye. And those all mean a variety of different things. So when I look at someone, that's the very first thing that I look at. And the reason why is eyebrows lead to eye contact. And that's the whole thing. If you're nervous at first looking somebody in the eye, just look at their eyebrows and think, okay, what type of eyebrow do they have? And then slowly you'll look down at their eyes. So again, that's why I teach it. I love eyebrows for that very, very reason. So the other reason I love it is you can see them like uh, here on the screen, there's three different pictures of the same people in different order. It doesn't matter where they are. I can make out what shape their eyebrows are. And this is one that always blows people's mind. If you don't think eyebrows are important, I encourage you to go and Google celebrities without eyebrows or people without eyebrows. <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And look, you don't recognize the people that are here. 
I mean, literally, these are famous actors that if you take their eyebrows away, you don't recognize them. I mean, it's, it's just mind-blowing. So I encourage everybody to go do this. Don't do it at night. It's kind of creepy. But literally, just type in celebrities without eyebrows or people without eyebrows, and you see what it looks like. You don't recognize anybody at all. Mm. So funny, dude. Yeah. So uh, why are eyebrows important? Because when we're born, if we were lucky enough to be born with sight, that's the way that we take in the world. We don't understand language. We don't understand sound. So we're born with a fear of heights, a fear of loud noises. And then we learn to take in the world through our eyes. And that's why eyebrows were originally there would keep dust and things out of our eyes because of how important they were. So if you think about where hair used to be versus where hair is, like these are here on everybody, right? And so anyway, not only do they help filter things out from getting in our eye, but it tells us how do people process and take in information at the exact same time. So what I like to start with is eyebrow height. So when you're looking at somebody's eyebrows, think of them like speed bumps. So if data is going to race down their head, the higher the eyebrows, it's like a speed bump in the middle of their head that the data is trying to get into their eye. Because again, that's how we take in the world at first. So when it's high like that, that means that you can go slow, go over the speed bump, and then come down. But if their eyebrow is right on top of their eye, data can race down their forehead and get taken in immediately. So if you're looking back at that couple again, the lady in the picture, her eyebrows are a little bit higher. So I know when it comes down, slow down, and then give her the information. So when you meet somebody who has a higher eyebrow like that, they need time to think things over. So if you try and do a pressure close or you try and force information out of them, you're kind of violating the way that they handle things. So you may get a sale, but you'll never have a customer. Or you may get their phone number, but you'll never get a date. So you have to give people information, right? And I'm sorry, you have to give people time if they have their higher eyebrows there. The next one over is if the lower the eyebrow is, the faster you get to the point. So that data, again, is racing down their forehead and they understand things very quickly. The funny thing about that is when you see somebody whose eyebrows are so close to their eyes, they have a tendency to interrupt other people. It's not that they're rude. It's that they want to get help people get to where they are as fast as they did. So if they understand a concept, they interrupt because they want to get you there just as fast as they did. So it's funny to watch with people because I know if I'm doing a presentation and I see the eyebrows, I know I've got to get to the point fast if, and then stop and wait for them to ask me questions versus the person with the rounded eye, give them the information and then ask them additional questions that help them make up their mind. So it's crazy on just those two facts, right? Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. Here's the best part. I hope everybody proves me wrong. If you guys know Bradley, oh, I know you know Brad because you were just on his dropping bombs. Yeah. Uh, so Brad always says, you know, go out and try and prove me wrong. And so I've adopted that. I tell people now, if you don't believe me, totally fine. Just go out and see if it works for you. But um, most people come back and say it does. So it's always fun. There's <laughs> a three basic types of eyebrows. And when you look at somebody's eyebrows, it's like the game when we're a kid. You're just trying to put the right peg in the right hole. And so there's three basic shapes. There's straight, angled, and rounded eyebrows. So for straight eyebrows, it gets straight to the point. With an angled eyebrow, like I have right here, it's what's my angle, help me understand it. And then when you see a rounded one, it's they're a well-rounded person asking about the people around them. So asking about their friends, their family, their coworkers, because they think of other people first and themselves next. So we'll go into that just a little bit more. Straight eyebrows. Again, get straight to the point. They like facts, they like figures, and then you stop talking and say, what other information can I get you? 
because the longer you talk, the more you lose their attention. So with people with straight eyebrows, get in, get out, ask them what else they need. And they usually know what they want. Right. So if you were selling them like again, a house with him, I'd say, here's the cost, here's the interest rate, here's the square footage, it's a three, two bedroom, you know, you name it, give them the very basic facts. If it's the RV, here's what the cost, here's what the loan is, here's what your monthly payment would be, uh, gas mileage, facts like that, and then stop. And again, say, what other information do you need? The opposite of that is an angled eyebrow. So with the angled eyebrow, it's help me understand it, and then I can help other people. And I actually have this, so there's a picture of me on here. I got this angled eyebrow when I became a corporate trainer. And the whole reason why is because I have to learn the material first before I could teach it to anybody else. And so it's not like I went out and I had these things drawn on. It's just over time, this became an angled eyebrow. And people ask this all the time. So I like to pause here for a second. We are born with our face that we genetically inherited. And so that's what we, it's called genetics, right? But right. then there's epigenetics, which is what has happened to you over the span of your life. That's what changes and alters your face. The mind creates movement, movement creates muscle. And what happens is there's 42 muscles in the face. And as the muscles move and, and everything, eventually you get the different features. So like I was born with straight eyebrows and I can show you an older picture. And then as I became a corporate trainer, again, this became angled. And there's all kinds of different features. Like my ears used to stick out more. Um, my eyes used to angle down, but everything I experienced over time alters your face. And it's, uh, it can change almost on a dime. So my eyes used to angle down more, which is I used to see the downside of things. But as I got into all the books I was mentioning here, my eyes actually started to angle back up. And I know it's kind of crazy to see it, uh, to hear it. But if you go look at my website, I actually have a picture of me before, like with eyes angled down and everything else. But women have the advantage of, they can use makeup because that's what I'm talking about eyebrows. They also say, well, what about women who pluck their eyebrows or shave their eyebrows and draw them on? That's displaying what you want to project to the world is what you get the opportunity to do with makeup, right? We can do it with beards. We talked about this before. You have the really cool like 300 beard. I tried to grow it out and mine looks like, can I borrow $3? It was not a good look for me at all. So <laughs> that's my ADD kicking in just a little bit. But um, with angled eyebrows, help them understand it so they can help other people involve them in the process. So I actually I met a realtor yesterday and she was asking me, well, how could this apply when she's helping somebody with a house? I said, well, do you call your clients and always let them know what you're doing? She said, no. I said, okay, well, if you see somebody with an angled eyebrow, let them know what you're doing behind the scenes and ask them if they want to be involved. They can always tell you, leave me out, right? I can always delete email at work. But if you see an angled eyebrow, those are people that want to be included in the process. And the final one is a rounded eyebrow. So when you see rounded eyebrows, they think about the people around them first and themselves second. So if you're asking them anything, I would start with, well, tell me about your friends. Tell me about your family. You name it. So if it's somebody that you're selling a house to, then it's, oh, so are you going to be entertaining? You know, are you going to have people over for Thanksgiving, for Christmas? You know, who's going to come visit you here? And then ask them after that. When they talk about other people, okay, and what's your favorite thing? What are you looking for? Do you need a big kitchen because you're going to be entertaining all these people? Do you want a big backyard? When the rounded eyebrows are present, they think about the people around them first and themselves second. And they love testimonials and opinions. So they're your Yelp people who always read the reviews when they help make a decision on things. So just showing it to you real fast once again uh, here. So you see her, she's got rounded eyebrows. So you ask her about the people around her. Here's where it gets fun. The person in the middle here for the people listening, 
she, on her right side, she has an angled eyebrow. And on her left side, she's got a straight eyebrow. That's because we're all a little two-faced, meaning that this side, the left side, is our personal side of our face, and the right is our professional side of our face. So the brain, because we have left and right brain, it controls the different muscles. That's why when somebody has a stroke, you can see one side of their face will droop. That's exactly why, because they have a stroke on one side of their brain or the other, not the entire brain. So an easy way to remember this is if you ask somebody, hey, are you married? It's a personal question, right? So if you had a wedding ring here, this is the personal side of somebody's face. And you can look completely like Jekyll and Hyde where it's two different sides of the face. So whenever I do a training, these are what I give away when I'm doing the training themselves. People start covering up one half of their face and go to a mirror and start saying, oh, I am. And trust me, if you go do it, you do look different on each side of your face. And they can be very, very minuscule, but they are different. And you can actually take identical twins who are same genetic code, same parents, but they had different life experiences and their face reflects that. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Um, and then the last guy here, straight eyebrows, very close to his eyes. So, you know, facts, figures, data, he understands it's fast. Just stop talking. Mm. And you can literally do this over and over. When you start looking at different people, like you can see they have pretty similar eyebrows. So you would treat them the same when you're talking to them. And over here, what do you see on this gentleman? Well, He's got a straight eyebrow here and she's got an angled eyebrow. So how you talk to them would be different for him. Get right to the point for her, involve her in the process. Again, ask questions, see what she wants to do with it. You know, so it doesn't matter what the product is or even in life for him, get straight to the point for her, you know, again, ask her questions, involve her in whatever you're doing. So if they were my coworkers, I know he would be the data driven person and she'd be the person who wants to understand it before she makes the decision. And so you can just look at people's faces and alter and change how you talk to them. Uh, I love to look at people, and, and this one's not on the slides, but if somebody has large eyes or small eyes, tells you, are they auditory or are they visual? And then you look at ears. Do they have big ears or do they have small ears? So I love if you watch the show like The Voice, every one of them is a musician, but what do they all have? Large ears. And why? Because they start on the show like this, they like what they're hearing, and then they turn around to see what the contestant looks like. And so you know somebody who's auditory, if they've got larger ears, you say things like, does this sound like a good idea? Do you hear where I'm coming from? Because you're saying auditory phrases. If they're more visual, oh, I see what you mean. Picture this, you know, so you can literally alter what you say, and you're literally speaking their language. Um, if you've ever read any of Chris Voss's books, he talks about parroting people's language back. Well, this is a little bit like that, but it's a little proactive because based on what their face says, I know what they like. Or I'll go and read emails or texts from them ahead of time and see what words they use over and over. Like, I'm more visual, so I always say, hey, I'll see you later, even if I'm talking to somebody on the phone. I don't say, I'll, I'll hear you later or I'll call you later. I always say, I'll see you later. And I use a lot of visual words, uh, pretty much in text, email, yeah. and just everyday conversation. So I know I threw a lot at you pretty fast. Dude, that was <laughs> so good though, man. And I appreciate you sharing the slides because I think it makes a huge difference, especially for people watching the show, man. Oh yeah. Uh, but so awesome, dude. You are an absolute world changer, Brian. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day, man, and, and sharing this stuff. I, I mean, I'm so pumped that I got to meet you in person at Prosperity Camp, man. Looking forward to meeting you in person again, dude. Thank you again for taking time, man. I appreciate it.
Of course. Happy to be here. Hey, thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to take a listen or watch. It's truly an honor to be able to speak with such amazing guests, and I hope that they've made an impact on your life in some way, shape, or form. And you can do me one big favor. That would be huge. Click that subscribe button, and then second favor, hit that share button. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Keep changing the world. I believe in you.